You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 82. You might remember this one from a little while back. Episode number 61, we dove into hitting, kicking, biting, and spitting. And as we are rounding out summer and heading into the new school year, we're getting all kinds of questions on this topic. So I figured it was time to revisit this bad boy. In fact, I'm one of those people that goes back and listens to podcast episodes over and over as refreshers when I'm in different seasons and need that reminder. This is one of those for you. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that Mama's Getaway Weekend Tickets are on sale on Monday. Our Tiny Humans Big Emotions members get first dibs on Sunday. For everyone else, they're going to be on sale on Monday. Check your inbox if you get our emails. It's coming in hot. Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time, you're going to need an email that'll talk you through how to find out more info, where to buy tickets, all that jazz. Our last Mama's Getaway Weekend sold out way faster than we anticipated, and there were a bunch of people on our wait list that didn't get a chance. I want to make sure that you and I get to hang out in real time, so we have a bigger venue this time. We can bring more folks, and I can't wait to hang out with you there, man. It's going to be a weekend of workshops and connecting with other mamas in this village, a panel of experts in early childhood, and so much village building. If you don't get our emails every week, head over to seedandsow.org slash join our village so that you can be in the know when these ticket sales go live for you. All right, friend, I hope we get to hug it out at Mama's Getaway Weekend in Gloucester in October. See you there. Let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. What do you do when your tiny human is hitting, kicking, biting, spitting? When they're doing it to you or when they're doing it to a sibling or when they're doing it to somebody else's kid in public or at school? I get so many questions on this one. And to be honest, it's a challenging one because we're not just talking about the tiny human's emotions here. We're talking about our emotions here. When a kiddo hurts another human, we can feel shame or guilt or embarrassment or disappointment. And we have to work through that so that we can respond instead of react. So we're going to chat about that. First of all, if somebody else's kid bites or hits or kicks your kid, like at school or at the playground or whatever, your instinct is probably going to be to protect your kiddo. It's a natural instinct. And then I want you to pause and think about how it would feel if that was your kid. You guys, there have been so many times as a teacher where parents would be like, I can't believe that my kid is being bitten. And then fast forward six months and their kid's the biter. 
It is developmentally appropriate for kiddos to use their bodies to react to an emotion or a hard feeling when they don't know what else to do with that hard feeling. Let's look at a little scenario here. We're talking about other people's kids first. So say your kiddo is at the playground and they really want to use a shovel that somebody else is using and they go up and they hit or they bite the kid who has the shovel. All right. Sarah goes up and bites Sam because she really wants the shovel that Sam's using. Right now is not a time for law enforcement or delivery of justice. Our inclination might be to say, oh, Sarah, we don't bite. That hurts him, etc. That's for us. We are not saying that for her. Instead, I want to take a deep breath. We're going to process our shame and guilt and embarrassment and disappointment later. We're not going to process that right now. But instead of reacting to say something to appease the other parent, let's work on building a toolbox for Sarah so that this doesn't happen again. And right now, that looks like helping her process this emotion. She's feeling disappointed or frustrated or angry or sad that she can't have the shovel. So I'm not telling her what she did wrong or making her say sorry. Right now I'm focused on helping her process that hard emotion. Sarah, I'm not going to let you hurt somebody's body. That's what we say as we pull her away. Um, If they're still biting, you push into the bite. Don't pull away because that'll just tear skin. If you push into it, it opens their mouth. But say now that they're separated and Sam is crying with his parent, you are going to take Sarah and say, I'm not going to let you hurt their body. So you're taking her away from him for a second. And I would say, oh, you really wanted to use that shovel and he's using it right now. It's so hard to wait. And then pause. Just empathize with her right now. It is hard to wait. How many times have you been sitting in traffic and you're pissed at the other person because you want to be moving and you are? And it's not their fault. Everybody's sitting in traffic, but you're still having a hard emotion and it's still hard to wait or in line for something. Or when you've ordered delivery and you're really hungry and you just have to wait for it to show up. That's an Alyssa move where, like, while I'm waiting, I'll make a little piece of toast or something. Anyway, right now we're empathizing with her that it's so hard to wait. And then we're asking her how we can support her in feeling calm so that we can talk about it. How can I help your body feel calm so we can talk about it? How can I help you feel calm so that we can solve this problem? And if she doesn't have coping strategies yet, you can offer too. Would you like a hug to feel calm? Would you like to come read a book with me? Would you like to come play with me by yourself for a second so you can feel calm? She might need to move her body. Do you want to come do 10 jumping jacks with me or jump up and down? So then we can talk about it. It is imperative that we are not punishing her right now. She's not in trouble for what she did. She did what she knew how to do. She doesn't know what to do with the feeling she's feeling. 
so she bit him. It's our job to teach her that you can have a hard feeling and then find your calm so you can problem solve. We want to get her in the habit of doing something else with her hard feeling. Right now, when she's in it, though, when she's feeling it so fiercely in the amygdala, she's not ready to problem solve. She's not ready to rationalize and telling her that biting hurts. She's like, duh, that's why I did it. I was mad. She knows full well that biting hurts. When we say those things, we're saying it for ourselves. We're saying it for the other parent who's nearby. We're saying it because we're having a hard emotion right now, but it doesn't do anything for her. So let's emotion coach her, support her through this for emotion processing, not just to get her to regulate her emotion, but for her to be able to process this hard emotion. And then when she's calm, then we're saying, okay, it looks like he's still using that shovel. Instead of biting him, what could we do? She might not know. You might have to offer. Well, we could go on the swings while we're waiting for a turn, or you could ask him if you could play together. You could ask him if you'll be, you could be next. He might not be done. We might have to wait for a little bit. You're brainstorming with her. Now you're in the problem-solving mode. Offer up one thing and pause and see how she responds. In the same way that I just like threw a bunch at you, don't do that to her. Give her one, see what she says, and then give her another option if that's not what she wants. Then we can keep problem solving. This is what problem solving is. We don't just, oh, here's what we do. Now you're, if the answer here is now you can't play in the sandbox. She doesn't learn anything. The next time this happens, she's going to do it again. With spring on the horizon, but not quite here yet in Vermont, I've been looking for simple ways to give my body the energy boost it needs and keep up with healthy habits, especially on those tired mornings when I'm just feeling drained. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel more energized and ready to take on the day. It's a morning ritual that gives me peace of mind and then I'm getting comprehensive nutrition that supports my immune system and keeps me going all day. As a parent of two amazing kids, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so that I can continue to show up for the moments that matter. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm jazzed to welcome them as a new sponsor. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and 5 free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com village. That's drinkag1.com village. Check it out. I am loving ready-to-eat meals in this season of life. Things are just really busy over here with a toddler and a newborn, and I don't always want to be focusing on meal planning and ordering groceries. Factors, fresh, never-frozen meals are chef-crafted and dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. There's zero prep and zero mess 
Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup involved. And holy moly, do I need that right now. I also love that I can order as much or as little as I need by choosing my meals every week, and I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, restaurant-quality meals with no cooking required, and there are more than 60 add-ons, like pancakes and smoothies, to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Head to factormeals.com slash village50 and use code village50 to get 50% off. That's code village50 at factormeals.com slash village50 to get 50% off. We want to build a toolbox for her that she doesn't have right now. We want to give her a skill set that she doesn't have right now. We can, when she's calm... Ask her if we can go check in. Let's go check in with him and see if he's okay. When you bit him, it hurt. I know you didn't want to hurt him. I know that you're a kind human. You were feeling really frustrated. Next time we'll do it differently. Fill her with the words that you want her to hear. If she hears that she's a bad kid, guess what? That's what she's going to think. If she hears that she's a kind human who made a bad choice, that's what she's going to think. One of the ways that we build empathy is by telling kids in a four-to-one ratio how amazing they are. Four-to-one. That means every bad thing that they hear about themselves, we want them to hear four good things about themselves, especially in these hard moments. I know that you're really kind. You didn't know what else to do with that hard feeling. Let's go see if he's okay. Let's go check in on him. When you're done emotion coaching her, you can turn to the other parent and say, oh, I'm really sorry that happened. We're working on building some coping strategies for her when she's feeling frustrated. I'm sorry that he got hurt. You can apologize to the other parent if it makes you feel better and you want to address them. But if she bites and then she just says, I'm sorry, guys, she's not learning anything. We've got to be emotion coaching for emotion processing. I love doing this podcast so stinking much. The only part that really stinks is that I don't get to hang out with you and hear your responses and your questions in real time. I've been running Tiny Humans Big Emotions parent support groups in person with folks. We meet once a month and we hang out and we dive into topics like how to co-parent, how to respond to these tiny humans' big emotions when you are at the end of your rope. What do you do when they're hitting, kicking, biting? How do we build lifelong coping strategies that can serve them for years to come? Well, I wanted to include you on this because not everyone lives in Vermont, it turns out. So we are launching the Tiny Humans Big Emotions membership where we get to hang out once a month together live. You get to ask your questions. We're going to dive in depth into these topics all for a really low monthly price so that you can have access to it and so can everybody else. Guys, the more emotionally intelligent humans we raise, the better off we all are. So you want to come join me? You want to come hang out with me live? You know what? If you can't make it live, guess what? You get access to that video for a whole year so you can reference it. You can share it with your partner. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to raise some emotionally intelligent humans with me? Head on over to tinyhumansbigemotions.com and sign up to be the first to know when this membership launches. 
so that we together can collaborate on raising these emotionally intelligent humans. Tinyhumansbigemotions.com. Go sign up today to be the first to know it's launching so soon. Okay, now let's imagine that you are playing at home and it's time to get ready for dinner and you have prepped Sarah and she knows that dinner's coming and it's about to be time to stop playing and all that jazz. And now it's dinner time and she's mad about it and she hits you. Woof. It's real hard to support them when they hit you, especially if you're caught off guard. One time in my classroom, I was playing and I was helping this little girl. She was feeling frustrated and she was the last kid in the world I would have imagined would hit me. I'd known her for a while and it just wasn't her go-to. She would withdraw more than she would lash out and, and hit or kick or bite or any of that. But so she slapped me across the face and I was like, whoa. So I was caught off guard for sure. And if I would have said anything to her in that moment, I would have been reacting instead of responding. So I felt my like blood boil. And then I looked at her and I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And she was crying. She was angry. And she, she sat there and she cried until I came back. But I went to the bathroom and I paused and just breathed for 60 seconds. I just closed my eyes by myself and took deep breaths. And I pulled out my phone and I looked at my mantras and I found one that was helpful for me in that moment. <laughs> and I keep a list of mantras, phrases, whatever you'd like to refer to them as, in my phone that I can read when I'm pretty sure that these kiddos are just trying to piss me off. It reassures me that that is not the case and that it is my job to regulate my emotions so that I can support them through theirs. So I, I read one over and over I took these deep breaths and then I felt myself calm down and I went back in and she's crying and she was angry and I went up to her and I said, oh, I'm not going to let you hurt my body. So I held her hands and I was like, I can tell that you're really frustrated right now. It is really frustrating when you're trying to put those together and it won't work. Can I give you a hug? And guys, it is really, really hard to give a kiddo a hug or to empathize with another human who just slapped you across the face. I get that. I genuinely get that. But she's not responsible for my feelings. I am. That's why I took space to find my calm so I could respond to her. She did. She collapsed into my arms and had a snuggle and I you know, snuggled her knowing that like she might bite me. She might there might be something else that happens. Or this might be exactly what she needs to calm down so that we can solve this problem together. And then later we did talk about it. About a half hour later, we were reading a book together and there was a kid that had a tear going down their face and she pointed to it and she was like, sad. And I was like, yeah, that kid does look sad. And then we talked about what he could do when he's feeling sad. And then we went into, and what can you do when you're feeling sad? What about when you're frustrated? Remember earlier when you couldn't get those together, they wouldn't stick together and you were working so hard 
And then I came over and you slapped me across the face because you were so frustrated. What else could you do? Next time when you're feeling frustrated, instead of hurting my body, what could you do? And we brainstormed it. She could stomp her feet. She could ask for help. She could yell really loudly. She could jump up and down. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. What do you do as an adult when you're frustrated? What does that look like? What are you modeling? Do you go for a run? Do you take deep breaths? Do you talk to somebody? Do you yell? Do you stomp? Do you scream? What do you do when you're feeling really frustrated to find your calm? How can we build that in for these tiny humans? Remember, it is not a time for law enforcement or delivery of justice when they are feeling the hard feeling. We want to. We want to say, that hurts my body when you hit me. We want to say, we don't hit. Those are go-to reactions, and I want to work as hard as we can to pause so that we can respond instead of react. She knows that we don't hit. She knows it hurts my body when she hits me. She didn't have another tool in her toolbox to pull from. It's my job to help her find her calm so we can build those tools so that she can get in the habit of having a hard feeling And then finding her calm so she can try again. This is how we build resiliency. If every time she tackles something that's challenging, she gets really frustrated and gives up because it's too hard, she's not going to go very far in life, guys. This is why emotional intelligence is far more valuable than IQ. We know that when your EQ is high, you can tackle almost anything. Because you can try again. If every time a kid fell down when they were trying to learn to walk, they gave up, they'd never learn to walk. They fall down a billion times and they get up a billion and one. And we want to continue that. That when they can't get those two Lego pieces to stick together, 
or they can't figure out how to build that tower or take the lid off of that container, that they have the tools to process the hard stuff so they can try again. When we look at people who have rocked the world and come up with amazing, innovative inventions and are changing the world as we know it, those people failed so many times and they tried again. But you have to have the emotion processing skills to try again. I was chatting recently with a friend of mine who is a reading specialist and she works with a lot of kids who have dyslexia. And she said, the biggest game changer is whether or not they can process the hard emotion because they're going to get frustrated. They're going to be really angry when they can't get it. But if they can process that emotion, they'll try again. And those are the kids that she says has the most success. These kids are hitting and kicking and biting and spitting because they don't know what else to do with the hard feeling. Telling them that they're not allowed to hit, kick, or bite, or spit, they know that. Instead, let's empathize with the hard feeling and encourage them to find their calm. Be there to support them in finding their calm. And then once they're calm, we can problem solve. Your tone here matters. If you come up and say, yeah, it's really frustrating when you can't put those together, you're not going to get as far as, oh, it's so frustrating when you're working so hard and they won't stick together. How can I help you feel calm so we can solve this problem together? I want to help you. I know how frustrating it is when you're working so hard and it's not working. We empathize with a feeling, not a behavior. You're not condoning the hitting, the biting, the kicking by empathizing with the feeling beneath it. If you've ever felt frustrated, disappointment, embarrassment, shame, guilt, sadness, you can empathize with the feeling they're feeling. Also, I've never said feeling this many times in 20 minutes. When you can empathize, then we can tap into some coping strategies with them so they can find their calm, so we can move forward. We want to get them in the habit of doing something instead of hitting, biting, kicking, spitting. We want to give them a toolbox to pull from. It is not a time for law enforcement or delivery of justice. It's a time for emotion coaching, for emotion processing. All right, one of my other favorite tools here are social stories. So not in the moment, but later when things are calm, you can tell stories. You can tell a story about You can make one up about yourself. You can tell it about somebody else, about a time where you got really frustrated ugh, and you really wanted to hit somebody or kick somebody because you were so frustrated you didn't know what else to do. And instead, you took some deep breaths or you asked for a hug or you stomped your feet or you went for a run or you put on music so that you could feel calm and then you were able to ask for help or you were able to try it again. Or you were able to think of a new way to tackle it. We tell them these stories over and over and over and over so that they hear that there's another option. So that they remember when they're in that moment and they want to hit or kick or bite, that there's something else that they can do. I want to stay away from labeling feelings as good or bad. This is why I don't use the red, yellow, or green feelings. 
There are harder feelings, but they're not bad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel shame or embarrassment or guilt or disappointment. If they think they're only allowed to feel the easy feelings, the one that make you feel better, the happy, the excited, the calm, if those are the green feelings and those are the only ones they're supposed to feel, they're going to feel shame when they feel the hard stuff. Let's stop labeling feelings as good or bad and start talking about them as hard. That is a hard feeling and empathize with it. Let them know you know what that feels like. You felt it too. And here are some things that they can do to help their body feel calm. They don't have to live in that feeling forever. It's okay to feel scared. Sometimes I feel scared too. What can you do when you're feeling scared? How can you help your body feel calm? We're not telling them, oh, it will be okay. You'll get another turn with the shovel. Oh, it's just Legos. Don't give them an at least or a but or dismiss their hard feeling. Empathize with it. Then we can move forward, guys. All right, guys, over on Instagram, will you share a photo or a story about your tiny human's big emotion and use hashtag tiny humans big emotions, and I will come cheer you on and support you and guide you through this. Everybody is having hard emotions. You are not alone in this. All right, y'all. I'll see you over on the gram at seed.and.sew. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sew colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayeni, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.